Don't miss out on the latest news and events in your community. Visit StarLocalMedia.com today. Sign up for our newsletter and stay informed on all the latest stories affecting your neighborhood. And if you're a local business owner, let us help you reach your target audience with our effective advertising solutions. Visit StarLocalMedia.com and take the first step towards staying connected to your community. Today's podcast is brought to you by Star Local Media, 14 newspapers and websites with a print distribution of 270,000 homes and monthly page views of 600,000 online. Star Local Media, your community voice for news. Welcome to another edition of the Star Local Media Sports Podcast. My name is Matt Welch. I'm the sports editor here at Star Local Media, and I am being joined by Brian Murphy, who does sports for uh, Frisco, uh, Prosper Salina, and Little Elm. And we're here to talk High school soccer playoffs, Brian. It is the third round of the high school soccer postseason. The regional quarterfinals get rolling. Actually, we got to, we got a few games tonight. We have games tonight. We got most of them on Friday, and then we even have, uh, as we learned uh, recently, one on Saturday. The rare Saturday <laughs> playoff right. game. So we're going to, uh, you know, devote this uh, this time to looking at a few of the marquee matchups remaining within our markets. I just uh, was combing through the brackets last night. We have 14 teams total still left um, from our markets between the boys and the girls uh, soccer playoffs. So let's start. Um, obviously, Brian, you know, with you here, you cover Frisco ISD. It's no surprise Frisco ISD is always good at soccer. Yeah. And sure enough, that's uh, that's going to be the case as we head into the third round. Plenty of Frisco ISD flavor. I like the third round because you get a lot of now. Like now, once the first two rounds are done, we're now into the round where we're going to get like matchups between district champions. We're going to get you know, even in some cases you get district rematches and you get city rivalries. This is, I think, the round where the postseason really kind of amplifies. And looking at some of these matchups. I guess, I guess, especially in your neck of the woods, the uh, the matchup that you're going to be at on uh, on Friday out at Clark Stadium in Plano, a matchup between a pair of district champions, the Frisco Wakeland girls and the Prosper girls. Brian, talk a little bit about what uh, kind of piqued your interest about this matchup and what has you headed out to Plano tomorrow. What doesn't pique my interest <laughs> about this one? It, I feel like the third round is is so unforgiving. You know, you, you, this matchup, Prosper against Wakeland, could be you know a, a state semifinal, a, a regional final, something like that of, of that magnitude. And, and you know they're meeting in the third round. You know two powerhouses from fourteen five a thirteen five a. You know it's always it seems like Prosper meets with a Frisco powerhouse in every sport. You know you saw it in basketball at Lone Star. That should not have been a third round <laughs> basketball game, and this shouldn't be a third round playoff game, but it, it is. And it, it should be fun. You know something's got to give. Um, Prosper, you know, dominated the district. Wakeland dominated dominated the district. Neither team lost a game. Wakeland had a few ties. Yeah. But other than that, neither teams have just both these teams have just been. You know, steamrolling through uh, the district schedule, so should be interesting to see see what happens. How do you um just when you look at two teams like this that have had such similar uh, track records leading up to this matchup? How do you kind of differentiate between which team might have an edge heading into Friday? You can look at last year because in the same round, Prosper played Centennial, mm-hmm. and Centennial was coming off of a state title you know, in 2015 uh, or yeah, 2015. So if they were coming off a recent state title, they were still you know a semi powerhouse when the Centennial girls played Prosper girls last year, and Prosper won 5-0. And that was at McKinney-Boyd. I was at that game, and it was just like goal after goal after goal, and you were just like, is this really happening? Like, <laughs> Prosper is for real. Either Prosper really is for real, or, you know, maybe Centennial wasn't as good as they were before, but it was more of a, pro- you know, the uh, problem side of Prosper. So I don't expect that to happen again this time because I think Wakeland is that good also. They're actually state-ranked. Prosper, last time I checked, was not. So, I, I, if you ask me to predict this game, I'm going to tell you it's going to be one-to-one and it's going to go to shootouts. I wouldn't be surprised if either team came away with a victory. <laughs> Give them both the win. Yeah. 
So that's um, and that's the thing because we have um, you know said so you get matches between two you know two teams that were district champions. But this is um, looking at some of the other matchups. You know, you also have a really unique matchup that's going to be Friday out at Ron Post Stadium in McKinney between two city rivals, and this is a rarity. Um, McKinney versus McKinney Boyd on the boys' side. This is just the second time in the history of McKinney ISD that two McKinney schools have met during the playoffs, wow. and um, it's the first time ever on the boys' side. The other was um, back in 2005. The McKinney and McKinney North girls met in the regional finals that oh, year. So that, this is just the second time on either boys or girls. Yeah, yeah, it's the first time on the boys' second That's time overall. Crazy. And it's I mean it's a matchup between two teams that I mean McKinney Boyd. It's no surprise that they're here. You know mm-hmm. they rolled through District 66A. They were able to get that first round monkey off their back by avenging last year's loss to South Lake mm-hmm. Carroll, and then um, took care of business against Duncanville. But then they get to um you know I mean the third round you draw a uh, the team that is kind of <laughs> that is your city rival. It's the one matchup that every every year you know players within that school district kind of gear up for that crosstown showdown against uh, Boyd or McKinney. And looking at um you know obviously Boyd is taking care of business. They're undefeated. Here's a crazy stat for you: McKinney Boyd, who is ranked um, number one in the state, they're undefeated at 21-0-2. They have not lost a match in regulation in exactly two years. That's right. <laughs> to the day, we are recording this on Thursday, April 5th. It was April 5th, 2016, back in the regional quarterfinals, when um, McKinney Boyd lost to Capel in the regional quarterfinals. And um, since then, I mean, they've had some ties creep up on their record, but no team has just outright beat them in regulation. Last year, they were bounced in the first round by South Lake via PKs. But um, no team has gotten it done in regulation, and that's just a testament to their defense, which is, I mean, Kendrick Johnson's been on this podcast a bunch talking about just heaping praise on the Boyd defense and just how uh, just the solid job that they do. They have not allowed a multi-goal game all season long, um, but they come up against a McKinney team that is playing is a little hot, you know. McKinney, um, at, the, at the start of the playoffs, you, know, you might have been thinking, like, kind of, woe is McKinney. Um, Allen leapfrogged them into the three seed. McKinney was the four seed and drew a district champion in the first round, but they beat Marcus. Marcus, one of the top, you know, just perennially one of the top teams in the area. They beat him 2 nothing, and then they followed that up by... Um, Beating Irving MacArthur 3-2, they got they were staked out to a 3-1 lead at halftime in that, thanks to two early goals by Jake Myers. And um, yeah, now we get to see how um, just what uh, what will hold forth in the third meeting between these two. Just for the sake of kind of adding some context to this, they did tie once in the uh, in their first meeting during the regular season, but McKinney Boyd did get the edge on them in the rematch 2-0, and that matchup was actually the final game of the regular season. So that has mm. been fairly recent. So you'll see, like I know there's. You know, you hear the you hear the old you know the old cliche. It's tough to beat a team three times or whatever. Yeah. But um, you know, I, I guess it, there there's some. I guess the, you know, depending on where you where you check, there might be some merit to that. There also might be um, you know some cases where uh, you know you have teams that just. I mean, one team just might flat out be better than the other. <laughs> yeah, you're you you know Kendrick, y'all are the six six A guys. You yeah. know, so in that final game, were they kind of holding back? Do you know? Have you talked to Kendrick about that? Or he didn't. Uh, he actually didn't have a whole lot of input on that one. As like far. was was there you know. A, a thought that this could have been a third round match. Honestly, well, I mean, honestly, no, because if you're, um, I mean, if you're McKinney and you, um, I mean, that loss was partly why they fell into the four seed. Mm-hmm. So at that point, like, you're not thinking that you're. I mean, you knew that you were in the playoffs, mm-hmm. but I mean, this, I mean, you know that you're already. When you look at that first round going up against 
classic say that you can't hold anything back. You just need to do everything you can to try and improve your position yeah. as possible. And I mean, this is a McKinney team that uh, that didn't make the playoffs last year, so it's not like this is a team that is comfortable with you know. Okay, we know we we, we can kind of gauge you yeah. know kind of where we need to be at this point of the season. I mean, it is I think a little bit of a surprise that they um, are three rounds deep. And uh, but it's, again, they come in hot. They come in hot, and we'll see what they can do against how, uh, against McKinney. How crazy Boyd. would that be if Boyd got bounced by McKinney? <laughs> yeah. I saw. I mean, I saw something similar happen a few years ago in Plano ISD, where Plano West was um, was just kind of ruled the district that year, mm-hmm. and then then, they, then Plano East just snuck up on them in the third round. Mm-hmm. I mean, crosstown rivals, very much like this. And then, uh, yeah, East was kind of caught fire at the right time, and then just rode that momentum into. I believe they went five rounds mm-hmm. deep that year. So these upsets can happen, you know. See, so it's uh, it should be interesting to see what happens when McKinney and Boyd get together uh, Friday out at Ron Poe. We actually have another uh, city rivalry matchup yeah. in your neck of the woods. Also on the boys' side, and these two teams, obviously no stranger to each other. They um, actually, this is the matchup that's going to be on Saturday at uh, seven thirty p.m. out at McKinney Boyd, Frisco Wakeland and Frisco Centennial. Um, just some initial thoughts on this one, Brian. That was a great transition because you know crosstown rivals one versus four. It's it's hard to say that Wakeland's an, an, an underdog in any yeah. game because they won the state title last year. They're a powerhouse. They've been a powerhouse for the last decade in, in soccer. But Centennial is that team right now mm-hmm. in, in Frisco ISD and boys soccer. You know, they're ranked number five in the state. You know, they, they just beat West Mesquite. They're in the third round of the playoffs. They're looking to make a legit state title run. And what do you know? That's Frisco Wakeland just standing in their way. The, the, the playoff powerhouse <laughs> that Wakeland is. And, you know, these two teams, they've also played twice this year. They've tied once. And Centennial won the other one just by one goal, two to one. So things should look very interesting in this third round game. I, I remember last week on the podcast I said that you know I, my upset special was Wakeland was going to beat Prosper. I was very confident about that, and, and he was right. And they did. <laughs> no offense to Prosper, I just Wakeland in the playoffs you can't count them out. And I, I <laughs> do I dare say it again. Uh, that is pretty wild, though. The Wakeland is still, despite the uh, you know, despite the new head coach, despite all the turnover that they had from last year's team, that they are still mm-hmm. right back in the regional quarterfinals. And even though it is such a different team on paper, there's got to be something in the back of Centennial's head, like, oh man, we got to go through Wakeland. There was a good amount of juniors on that team, mm-hmm. but they did lose the majority of their goal scorers. They're you know, they're senior leaders and whatnot. But you know, Andy Holt led them to a mm-hmm. state title his very first season at head coach, so he started off with a bang. There, but Centennial, if you know, I know you're not asking me to predict this game. Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. know if you will, but no, no, you're not I, I'll, I'll go. With if you want to, go ahead. I'll, I'll go with Centennial. Yeah, yeah. It, I won't be surprised if this is an, an overtime game, maybe a shootouts mm-hmm. game, because it's these two teams are so evenly matched. I think Centennial just has more senior leadership. Not saying Wakeland doesn't. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying Centennial is just loaded with seniors but all across that the roster. Absolutely, that yeah. matters. And then I'm um, kind of then looking at the game uh, to round this, I guess, this first part out where I will be at uh, tomorrow night. I'm going to be out in Southlake at uh, Dragon Stadium uh, for Southlake Carroll against Allen on the girls' side, one of the uh, one of the more highly anticipated third-round matchups within the Metroplex. You have two teams, I mean, just, just doing some, some cursory research over this matchup, it is insane just how, like, just even split these two teams are. If you just, I mean, even putting aside just the rankings, you know, Southlake is number four in the state, Allen's number five. Mm. They both won their, obviously won their, 
uh, the respective districts, 5-6-A and 6-6-A. Did not lose a match between either one. Southlake had one tie. Um, but they both had goal differentials of, of greater than 40. <laughs> so, so, I mean, so they just breezed is through. That it's, yeah, that's a, that's a pretty high number. <laughs> you have uh, Allen, which is riding a 16-match uh, win streak. Southlake is unbeaten in its last 19 matches. No. Um, those are 17 wins, two ties on Southlake's side, 16 wins on Allen's side. Um, Irving Nimitz, um, Southlake's second-round opponent, they actually scored a goal on them, and that snapped a run of 10 consecutive shutouts wow. by Southlake Carroll. And then you have Allen, which during district play, offered a run of nine straight shutouts. I mean, these are two teams that are, I mean, it was, I mean, I've been saying it since the start of the playoffs that, you know, you could say that these are the two on-paper favorites to come out of Region 1. You know, Keller's obviously a pretty quality mm-hmm. program as well, and they're still kicking around. And um, But we shall see. But um, it, And it's kind of interesting because, you know, kind of you, you have your eye on this matchup, you know, once you see how the brackets shake out. But then you look at how these two teams are playing heading into Friday. And while I just, you know, spent all this time listing off all these commonalities between these two teams, they're both coming in to um you know into Friday playing a, a bit of a two contrasting brands of soccer if you will um, South Lake has looked like looked just like South Lake from mm-hmm. the regular season I watched them uh, dominate Plano West with a uh, you know they won 4-0 it was a little bit of a tricky start you know West wow. defense was game early on but then yeah. South Lake scores all four goals in the second half <laughs> and then South Lake follows that up by beating Irving Nimitz four to one. And then you have Allen, which I mean has I mean you could you could make the case that Allen's regular season might be the greatest in its program's history. But then you look at how it's translated into the playoffs, and it's been a different story. They needed PKs to get by number four seed Hebron in the uh, in the first round. That was a matchup that uh, was one one after a hundred minutes. Neither team scored until ninety five minutes in, <laughs> and then you had a crazy sequence where Allen scores on a. Uh, on the corner kick off the header from Allie Jackson and then Hebron scored with three seconds left wow. in the second overtime to wow. force the PKs. Allen was able to persevere through uh, penalty kicks and then um, I actually was out at Tuesday's match down in Corsicana where they took on Belton in a match where as I said in the uh, in the Rapid Reaction podcast I mean it had all the makings of a 5-0 6-0 blowout but Allen just could not finish mm. despite an overwhelming advantage in shots on goal. They um um, they had a 1-0 lead for most of the match, and then um, off another uh, off another set piece, um, you know, Belton was able to tie it up with about three minutes left in regulation. Wow. Uh, in a shot where, I mean, if you, <laughs> I, uh, you know, looking through the uh, the video, it was a shot where um, a Belton player takes the kick, you know, from near the uh, near the sideline, and Allen player sticks her cleat up to try to deflect it. It deflects upwards off the cleat and into the net. I mean, just an unlucky bounce. Wow. And um, you know, then Allen was able. Then Allen was actually almost, um, you know, despite that, Allen was actually almost, you know, on the verge of going back to PKs. They got another goal from uh, from Allie Jackson with about three minutes left in the second overtime in order to uh, to advance. They are two to one. But I mean, Allen is, despite their dominant regular season, they are definitely making things much tougher on themselves than they need to be um, through these first two rounds. And then now you get Southlake though, because you've, on the one hand, you know, it's it's a, a road to hoe that you might be able to get away with against teams like Hebron and. Belton. Southlake is, as I've just listed off, Southlake is not going to give you that kind of rope, Alan, straight up. So, I mean, it should be interesting to see because it's like, there's no there's no question that if you're just going to look at the two objectively, Southlake is playing the better brand of soccer right now. Who knows how much that'll matter on Friday, but um, yeah, it should, be a, it should be a fun one for sure. When you said Southlake uh, gave up a goal, get serving Nimitz, it reminded me of the uh, Little Giants movie. 
they, when the Giants and are playing the Cowboys yeah. in the final game and they gained a yard and everyone's like, we gained a yard. That, you got to think Irving Nimitz was like, we, we scored a goal. <laughs> no offense to Irving Nimitz, hey. but that's just how dominant hey. South Lake has been right now. You know what? That's the first time, and again, in 10 matches, that's, I mean, that's several months. When you that's think insane. Of, that is, when you think of how wild. long that streak had lasted for South Lake. So, hey, you know what? Shout out to Irving Nimitz for getting that yeah, goal. That's right. <laughs> Snapping that streak. Gained a yard. Gained <laughs> a yard. Um, so, yeah, I guess um, then kind of on that uh, on that note with, um, you know, as we now transition to our uh, our Fast Forward Rewind Student Athlete Spotlight segment, um, Kendrick Johnson's out of town this week, so I had to take the reins on this one. Um, I swung by Allen yesterday to talk with one of the Lady Eagles senior captains, Emily Russell, um, for a look kind of back at their season, her role in this season, plus the uh, the, uh, the unique situation with her um, sharing a spot on varsity with her sister, who's the starting goalkeeper um, for Allen. So, uh, hey, you know, appreciate Emily Russell for taking the time to chat. Here's what she had to say. All right, we are here with uh, with Emily Russell, senior captain for the Allen girls soccer team. The Lady Eagles are bound for the third round of the high school soccer playoffs. Y'all play South Lake Carroll Friday. Out of, I believe Coach Albert just told me going to be at Dragon Stadium in South Lake at uh, either seven thirty or eight o'clock. Should be a very big game. Um, yeah. So, yeah, I appreciate you for taking the time though to chat with us. Yeah, thank you. Thank today. you for being here. So, um, I mean, obviously, as we uh, mentioned, uh, you know, a few moments ago, it's been a uh, it's been a bit of a different tone for the playoffs. Two rounds in, um, that game last night though against Belton, you know, y'all were able to rally, pull out a, a two to one victory. What were um, just what were kind of the emotions coming off a, a match like that? Was it one of celebration, relief, frustration? I mean, what did y'all kind of take away from last night? I think it was a mix of frustration, but also celebration. I mean, that's not the way we wanted to go into mm. the game. Um, I think second half we struggled a lot. Like we were up 1-0, but it was not working for us. Um, we couldn't connect any passes. We were just playing the long ball every time, and it was not working. And so I think a lot of us were very frustrated. Um, but we got the win, so that's all we wanted. So we're happy with that, but we definitely need to play better. So, um, I mean, obviously between, you know, last night and then the first round against Hebron, you know, these playoff games have definitely come a bit, you know, they've been a bit trickier than y'all were accustomed to in the regular season. So, um, I mean, based on what Coach Albury has said to y'all um, after these first two rounds, based on just what you've seen out there, you know, on the uh, on the field yourself, what do you feel like kind of needs to be done for this team to kind of get back to the level that they were at in the regular season? I don't know if it's just the different atmosphere that's mm-hmm. getting to us, the nerves, but... Um we definitely need to regroup and focus because these games are way more important than our season. Um, I think we're just struggling to find the back of the net. Like, we're creating many opportunities. We just can't find the back of the net. And um, also our focus on corners because we've been scored on twice now on corners. We need to focus and get the ball out. So um, I just think we need to work on that. I mean, at the end of the day, though, it still hasn't affected the ultimate bottom line. You're still three rounds deep in the playoffs, and that shouldn't get lost in the shuffle because this is now what I believe I saw the fifth time in six years that y'all have been in the third round, and that's no small accomplishment. I mean, it's not a whole lot of programs in the state can say that. So at the end of the day, despite these games being a bit trickier, how proud are you of the team for being able to persevere through that and get back to the regional quarterfinals? Oh, we're super proud. I mean, this team like is a once-in-a-lifetime team. Um, we, we all work hard every practice, um, and I just feel like the chemistry this year is really strong, and that's what has helped us get this far. Um, but we need to, like, the season is not over by any means, and we haven't peaked. We need to continue to play hard. 
Obviously, you've had a very you know large hand in the job that the team has done this season as one of the as one of the captains. You're the team's leading scorer, um, and just I mean, it's a it's a different role than what you had last year. Just what has it been like though, being able to thrive in a in a different role than um, you've um, otherwise been accustomed to on varsity? This senior year has been amazing. Like I couldn't have asked for a better year. Um, last year again, I struggled a little mm-hmm. bit, um, but this year when they approached me and asked if I wanted to be captain, it hadn't really crossed my mind, but. Um, I was like really happy to step up and I've enjoyed every second of it. Um, I'm not usually like, I'm not the loud captain, Mm -hmm. but um, I lead by example and I think a lot of them, I just, I work hard every time, so I think they appreciate that, but I love being captain. Did you, um, did you come into this year anticipating that you would have to do a bit more scoring or? Um, No, I, I, I came into this year like kind of stress free and Mm -hmm. I, I knew it was my last year, so I was like, I just want to have fun this year. And then first couple games in, I started scoring, and, you know, I just kept going. And I was like, all right, like, my confidence was building, and so I think that helped me a lot this year. Was it um, was it just how Coach Aubrey was using you within the offense, or was there any other specific kind of schematic change that enabled you to have the success that you are scoring the ball? Or Again, I think it's all to my teammates. Like, um it was a new team last year, so we didn't really know how to play together, but this year the chemistry is better. We know our styles of play, and so I think that's helped a lot. People know like what run I'm going to make, and they know where I'll be, and so that has helped a lot in me scoring. With, um, you know, just between the job that you do, scoring the ball, plus Alley, plus Tosin, just, I mean, talk a bit about kind of the different dimensions that that has now added to the offense for this season. I mean, season. yeah, Oz was saying last year, like, we didn't really rely on anyone to score, but this year, like, multiple people have scored like we we know and like we are we believe in our offense and um i mean so many people have scored this year so um tosin is very strong i mean she'll run through five people if she has to like ally steps up i mean we all trust each other so that's good and you also, um, you know, obviously not just this year, but just for you know, for the bulk of your high school career, it's been a unique circumstance for you getting to share all this time with your sister, who's also on yeah. varsity, the starting goalkeeper Megan Russell. Um, just how, I mean, how special has that made your high school soccer career, getting to have a family member right alongside the ride with you? Um, it's awesome. I mean, like, um, again, we trust each other. Like, I trust her way back there. She trusts me up there. Um, we've been playing together since we were four, but um, it's just, it's really awesome to share this experience with her as well. How different is it having your sister on the uh, on the same team as you? <laughs> um, I mean, I honestly, it doesn't really cross my mind mm-hmm. just because I'm always with her. So it's like we do everything together, playing sports, one of them. So um, it just feels normal. <laughs> this, um, this dawned on me as I was coming up here. Now, there's, uh, I believe last year I heard there was a, a tradition where one of the underclassmen will write a letter to one of the seniors. Yes. Um, obviously, with you and your sister both being seniors, that's impossible. But let's say, um, <laughs> let's say though, you could just write this, uh, you know, write this letter though to Megan. Um, just what would you, what would you say to her? Um, well, first of all, I just love her. She's yeah. an amazing human being. Um, she's so sweet and kind, and um, I'm just, I'm really proud of her because she's faced adversity in club soccer, and it, it didn't really go the way she wanted to. But um, I'm happy that she stuck with it. I think she's an amazing keeper. So, what um, I mean, obviously, we'll see what happens on Friday. But at some point within these next few weeks, you know, your high school career is going to be over. You play that last high school match. Um, what are you going to miss most about your time here at, at Allen and just the uh, the legacy that you've helped kind of build over the years? I'm going to miss this program so much. Um, I mean, it's helped me grow as a person, and um, I highly recommend. Like, it's so different from club soccer, but you need it in a way to grow as a player and a person. 
Um, I'm going to miss these teammates so much, the coaches. They've done so much for me, and um, I don't know. It's going to be really hard. <laughs> Obviously, still, uh, you know, still another match on the docket for Friday. As you mentioned, a matchup against South Lake Carroll, a matchup that I think a lot of folks have kind of had their eye on around the area. Um, you know, just obviously, I mean, the Belton match was just last night, and I know y'all haven't really begun the game planning phase for um, for Friday. But what I mean, do y'all, what do you know, kind of initially about South Lake, and just kind of what expectations do you and the team have for that uh, for that matchup? Um, I can't remember her name right now, but the forward I know is very strong for South Lake. Mm-hmm. So we're gonna have to man mark, or like we're gonna we're gonna have to take care of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and obviously, we just we also need to focus on ourselves because we haven't been playing the way we wanted to. So um, we need to work on some things, scoring one of them. Um, but it's gonna be a big game. Um, but we've intended this one, like we know this was gonna happen. So hopefully we'll. We'll show up. <laughs> Emily, that is all I had for you. Hey, I appreciate you for taking the time to chat. Best of luck to y'all on Friday. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks again to Emily for taking the time to chat. So, um, Brian, we're going to round this out. You know, we talked about, you know, four of the matchups that we have on the docket. we got a few others. You know, we're just going to kind of quick hit those and just give folks an idea of what else we have going on in our markets. And then we're going to get to our coverage plans for the rest of the week. Um, looking elsewhere throughout the soccer playoffs, we have on the girls' side a regional quarterfinal between Marcus and Byron Nelson. This is a district rematch that actually takes place at 2 p.m. on Friday, early afternoon game out in Argyle. Um, Marcus won both matchups. Um, in the regular season series, 6-0 and 2-1. Interesting factoid here. This is the second straight year that 5-6-8 has had three girls teams in the regional quarterfinals. Wow. So, I mean, listen, I mean, if you want to make your case as being the best uh, the best girls soccer district in the state, that's a pretty solid way to start. So, um, shout out to 5-6-A. Um, we've also got Saxe versus Capel on the girls' side. Shout out Saxe, alumni. That's right. <laughs> uh, that matchup gets rolling at 6 o'clock uh, tonight, Thursday, at uh, Eagle Mustang Stadium. This is a playoff rematch. Um, from last year's regional quarterfinal that was won by Saxe, 1-0. That, uh, that matchup, oddly enough, um, that had a 90-minute rain delay, or lightning oh. delay, I should say. Mm. And um, they've actually, some, and actually considering that they scheduled this one on Thursday instead of Friday, wonder if that was in the back of their minds. Yeah, apparently maybe. the weather's supposed to be a little bit hectic tomorrow. I, I remember that last year in the third round uh, when Centennial played Prosper at McKinney-Boyd, you know, there were, the weather was, was worse further up north and around McKinney, and there was a lightning delay in that game, too. I don't remember if it was 90 minutes, mm. but I remember sitting at McKinney-Boyd. I've, I've only been to Boyd a few times and I was sitting there in the game you know it was at least an hour delay and it was it was just a weird thing so it's like a year to the date of, and I, of that lightning and, and I mean that's the kind of thing they'll just throw yeah. the, the just the flow of a playoff match completely out of kilter mm-hmm. so hopefully for the uh, Lady Mustangs and the Cowgirls they get a uh, a nice clean uh, you know 80 mm-hmm. 80 <laughs> un- um, uh, unabridged minutes on a, on a tonight I should say then let's see on the 5A side Brian one in your neck of the woods Frisco Centennial versus Highland Park can the Lady Titans dethrone the state champions I don't know. Highland Park I don't is just—they're tough. Yeah, they've been rolling everybody. Number With all due respect to Centennial, yeah. this is—it's number one in the country, and they're just—it yeah. yeah. just seems like another year for the Lady Scots. Just yeah. it's their year once again. When I saw them play in the playoffs last year in the in the regional mm-hmm. tournament against uh, Prosper, the only team to beat Prosper last year—that's saying—that's saying a lot wow. for Highland Park, the Lady Scots. <laughs> So then, um, let's see, then on the uh, boys' side, we've got Capel versus Mesquite, another Thursday night matchup. This is at 7 o'clock out at Wildcat Rams Stadium in Richardson. Um, look at old Mesquite, you know. They went, uh, they went 15 years between regional quarterfinal appearances, mm. and now they've gone back-to-back years. Meanwhile, you have Capel, which is no stranger to this point of the playoffs. This is their, their, their uh, sixth straight trip to the, uh, to the third round of the postseason. And then to round things out, we have another boys' uh, soccer regional quarterfinal, Lovejoy versus Mount Pleasant. This is at 7.30 p.m., 
Friday out in Mineola. Um, you know, Lovejoy is um, kind of right back in uh, the same the same phase that they were last season. They went four rounds deep last year. They got a lot of experience back from that team, and um, they definitely had to. That experience really shined through um, Tuesday in the area playoffs. They dig deep to uh, to get past Lake Dallas. They had to um, they erased two separate one goal deficits and then scored the tying goal in the 80th minute wow. to force overtime. And then um, Grant Lang was able to put away the game winner in overtime to uh, advance the uh, the Leopards. So we shall see how uh, how that plays out against uh, Mount Pleasant. Again, Lovejoy looking to uh, you know despite I mean they lost some of some pretty talented seniors, but they do have a lot of experience back from last year's team. And with a win on Friday, they got a chance to get themselves right back at the same spot that they were uh, last year in the regional semifinals. Um, Brian, you've um, like kind of what's your what's your coverage docket looking like for the rest of the week? Well, Friday night on Clark Stadium, Prosper Girls against Wakeland Girls. It's should be uh, should be fun. Let's party. And um, as for me, um, it's actually oh boy, these uh, this next day and a half is going to kill me. I've got a, <laughs> once we uh, once we finish putting up this podcast, I'm going to jet out to uh, Kimbrough Stadium out in Murphy to cover the 6XA track uh, track and field meet. And then Friday morning at uh, 9 a.m., I'll be out, out of Collin College covering the 6XA tennis tournament. Wow. The finals of that. And then that night, I will be jetting out to uh, not jetting. I'll be driving out to South Lake. On your to, private uh, jet. I wish <laughs> <laughs> to cover uh, Allen versus South Lake Carroll. Like Brian said, let's party. Should be a fun one. Um, hey, that's about all we had for this. Um, for our matches, obviously, and any other soccer playoffs that we're covering um, for the third round, you can follow us on Twitter. We'll be um, updating, uh, passing along live tweets for the games as they uh, as they're unfolding. Brian, where can these folks follow you on Twitter? At Brian Murphy underscore. It's Brian with a Y and then underscore at the end after the Y on Murphy. Just a whole plethora of Brian Murphys out there. There's on Twitter. too many. There's too many. Even with Ys in their first mm-hmm. names. And um, you can follow me along at M Welch SLM. Once our stories are done, the first spot that you can check out those, as well as Rapid Reaction Podcasts and video highlights, will be at StarLocalSports.com. Otherwise, folks, um, hey, we'll be back on Monday with another edition of the podcast. Uh, Brian, appreciate you for swinging by. Thanks enjoy for your me. soccer tomorrow. I'll enjoy my soccer as well. Folks, appreciate you all for checking this out. You'll enjoy the rest of your week. Thanks again to our sponsors, Star Local Media, 14 newspapers and websites with a print distribution of 270,000 homes and monthly page views of 600,000 online. Star Local Media, your community voice for news. Looking to hire top talent in your community? Look no further than StarLocalJobs.com. Our platform is specifically designed to connect local employers with qualified candidates in their area. With StarLocalJobs.com, you can easily post job listings tailored to your specific needs and requirements. Our platform is user-friendly and offers a wide range of options to help you find the perfect candidate for your open position. Plus, our job matching algorithm ensures that your listing is shown to the most relevant job seekers in your area. But that's not all, StarLocalJobs.com also offers a variety of resources to help you throughout the hiring process. From candidate screening to interview tips, our team of experts is dedicated to helping you find the right fit for your company. So why wait? Join the thousands of satisfied employers who have found their ideal candidate through StarLocalJobs.com. Post your job listing today and start building your dream team.